Welcome to another bonus edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about music that came out in a month. And the month that we're going to be talking about is October. That first song that I just played is uh, Future Islands off of their new album, As Long As You Are. The song is Thrill. I was thinking about playing a different song. This is Caleb Robinson speaking, but I actually went ahead and played the song that Jared wanted to listen to. So Caleb is here, Jared is here, and... Hey, Tyler's here too. Tyler's here too. Everybody made it this week. We're doing it, guys. Mm -hmm. We're talking about new music. Jared... You talk about it. Tell me your thoughts on Future Islands. I liked it. I like that album. I, I like Future Islands ever since they did that crazy scream on David Letterman all those years ago. <laughs> I knew ago. you were going to bring it up. I love it. Uh, it's good. I liked their last album, uh, The Far Field, I thought was pretty good, uh, which I really liked the song Ran from that album. But this album was good. The last few tracks, basically the last two tracks are like what solidifies the album. Thrill and Hit the Coast mm-hmm. are both great songs. Actually, just like two days ago, my sister uh, texted me and she's like, hey, I think you'd like this uh, band. And she sent me a Future Island song. And I was like, actually, I like this whole album. So thank you very much. You're right. I got it. You nailed it. You knew. So, but yeah, she wants to see him live. I said, Abby, we'll never, we'll never go see anything live ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so much so much promise you have in this world jared indeed so yeah, that's the uh that's the first song that we're covering for uh for this week i'll go ahead and move on into our next one and the one that i want to talk about is uh <clears throat> i believe J- jared you listen to this so, so you might have to help me with this and it's a b b ba doobie yes biba doobie i believe that's right biba doobie and uh her new album fake it flowers this song is diet red I feel like anybody who knows me would probably expect me to like this album because it is like right right in line with like the Charlie Bliss soccer mommy like 90s return to like the alternative uh like almost bubblegum poppy but also almost grungy like j- that sound I don't even know how you describe that 90s rock sound Jared what do you think I don't know I, I liked the album. I didn't have a single that I really in, like stuck out, so I didn't put anything in this playlist. I figured you'd talk about it. I thought it was a good album. It was like you said, a '90s alt rocky kind of sound, like maybe right. like a Alanis Morissette kind of thing is sure. what I kind of compared it to. Sure, but I'd never heard of her before. Uh, but I saw that like that album was coming out, and I listened to some of the singles, and I was like, okay, this will be pretty good. And then once it came out, I listened to the album uh, twice, and it was pretty good. Do you know why she's popular at all? I don't think so. She's from another country, somewhere else. I believe... Wasn't she Canadian? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think she's Canadian. Why is she popular, Caleb? Because uh, one of her songs was sampled, okay? She had a song called Coffee, okay? And then it got sampled um, by another artist, and that song, which is Deathbed coffee for your head became a tiktok song boo 
So it blew up on TikTok. I was afraid of that. Yeah. You were, huh? That was your fear. <laughs> it's a it's a fair fear, Tyler. But uh she so like the the album Fake It Flowers is not like a popular album. It doesn't really have any songs off of it that people really care about. And I think that what I find intriguing about Fake It Flowers is just like the reality of where music is today in that like someone can have a massive hit because it was used on TikTok, but that doesn't mean anybody cares enough to look into you and listen to your album. It doesn't it doesn't affect anything. Like if you looked at like the 90s when somebody had like a like a one hit, you know, like people would actually look into them and start listening to their music and maybe they enjoyed other things, but like today like a song will blow up on TikTok and it's like that song was cool for 5 minutes and now I'm done. At least she's featured in it. Right. So that helps with the her finances. Because the song, it has 752 million streams. And her next closest, the song Coffee that he sampled, yep. has 52. So it's like blows it completely out of the water. Yeah, it's, it's not crazy. It's, it's not even a comparison. It's crazy. No. So, yeah. So that's, uh, I, I liked that album quite a bit. I thought it had some some good stuff on it. I feel like it's worth checking out if you like some of the other artists, especially like Soccer Mommy. I think if you like Soccer Mommy, definitely the one. Let's move on to the next one. Next one I want to talk about is Helena Deland with her album, Someone New. This is the first song off it, Someone New. I don't have a ton to say about Helena Dillon. This is, I believe, her first album. And uh, she's coming off of a couple of EPs prior to this debut album. I enjoy it quite a bit. It falls within a little bit of a indie pop, dream pop, folk kind of sound. Just in general, I thought there were a lot of really, really good songs off of it. I I think I was pretty caught immediately because I thought that like the the vocals that she was putting out on the very first song, they really caught my attention. And it's interesting because if you get a little bit farther into the song, you get kind of a little bit more of like a driving beat behind the song. Like, and so she goes more in kind of like the indie realm rather than just kind of being like this like ethereal folky kind of sound. So I would check out that album if I were you and you like that kind of sound. Going to keep on moving forward. I'm going to do another one. And the next one that I'm going to go to, Jared, I'm not sure if you would listen to this. And Tyler, I'm not sure if you would listen to this. But it's uh, Dorian Electra's new album, My Agenda. This is the song, My Agenda. And I do have a reason for playing this specific one, might I add. So Dorian Electra is a um, a non-binary musician who makes very big electro pop kind of bubblegum bass ridiculousness. It's a it's a very eclectic, weird album that kind of goes all over the place. However, there is a reason that I played that track in particular. 
because that track, My Agenda, features village people in Pussy Riot. Oh, my. No. Yeah. All who right. Who would have thought that an electropop song in 2020 would have had village people in it? That's yeah. Exciting. Well, it makes more sense than Pussy Riot. <laughs> I would, you know, I yeah, all it all makes sense, you know, it all just makes sense. I'm trying to remember what all Pussy Riot has done. A whole lot of nothing. Pussy Riot's done a whole lot of nothing. They're more of like a group that uh, is um, uh, protest, right? Um, I think didn't so. they get? They were arrested, I believe. Right? Were they? they were extradited from their country. Ah, oh. for political reasons. I did not know this. I did not know this. But I don't know. I don't know enough about it to speak. I just I remember the name from that. So that makes sense. Look it up if you want to care. There is there is one other feature that I'd like to to play very briefly oh, okay. uh, off of my agenda, which is also an interesting one. I'll play the song first, and then I'll tell you who's in it. Okay. I promise you there's not a world where you'd be able to guess who that was. All right. It was Rebecca Black. Nice. Oh, no. That's good. I like that. A, a Friday, yeah. I hate Friday that, fame. I hate that they called themselves an edgelord. I hate that. It's kind of a... I hate that. The, the point is it's being ironic. I hate that so much. <laughs> I believe that you do. I can't get that back. <laughs> well, I will, I will uh, no longer make you struggle through the the idea of that but i will i will go ahead and move on to the next one this is something very different we're gonna talk a little bit about open mike eagle's new album anime trauma and divorce the sun is on my own personal winter i'm cold i think i'm cold i'm just trying to remember just trying to remember it's october and i'm tired We thought we were so clever. Just put me on that TV screen because pop culture's forever. We did it. We do it. And everybody's a Jerry, I feel like you've probably heard of Open Mike Eagle before. Yeah, he's known for his lyricism. He said, uh, it's October and I'm tired and I feel that. I, feel I that. know. Yeah. I know. That's why I was like, this is, a, this is a fitting song to play at this current point Yes, in time. Yep. I feel it. But I like so I like him quite a bit. He kind of got a little bit more prominence because of his time like on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And um he you know I think he's he's kind of big album which I feel like Tyler you probably listened to uh Brick Body Kids Still Daydream maybe. Uh I actually own an Open Mike Eagle album. Do you not but that, that not that one? No. No, I own um Oh, hold on. I own uh, Unapologetic Art Rap, his debut. Really? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good album. Yeah, I felt I felt like Open My Eagle would have been something that might have been up your alley. Uh, he's kind of yeah. like he's kind of a mixture of like the weird Thundercat bus driver kind of sound. Yes, but mm-hmm. also a little bit more in like the introspective, like abstract kind of sound, like a Milo or like a Billy Woods. Like it's kind of like he kind of plays to both fields of him being able to be kind of introspective, but also kind of silly and funny. Like he has a song on the album that is called, um, let me make sure that I get it right. Cause I know it's, um, yeah, the black mirror episode oh. where it's just him talking about he 
and his uh, ex-wife are arguing in the midst of an episode of Black Mirror. Oh my That's nice. basically the whole like the whole concept. Because this, I mean, the album's pretty on the nose. It's called Anime Trauma and Divorce. It is about his divorce. But it also has like the anime side of thing, which is like the silly kind of cartoony side of things. I want a divorce. Divorce. Ha ha. Divorce. <laughs> I hate that so much. Don't bring this up right now. Look it up. Don't look it up. Don't do that to yourself. Anyways, so yeah, I, I like the Open Mike Eagle album. I liked his album from a couple years ago. Tyler, I haven't listened to much of his early stuff. Is it similar to what he does like now? Uh, It's more like his early stuff is. It's more similar to like it all kind of flows in line, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you've listened to uh, Brick Body Kids Still Daydream, which a lot of like that's a big album of his. Mm-hmm. It still has falls like a lot of those lines, but it kind of. I don't know. Uh, it's a little bit louder sometimes. I, I don't know. It's pretty close. It's not like he doesn't change a whole, whole lot. I didn't think he probably would. He seems like he's kind of in his line and sticks to it to a certain yeah. degree. So, so yeah. So that's uh, Open Mike Eagle, Anime Trauma Divorce. I'm going to talk about one more, and then I'm going to throw to Tyler and Jared for a little bit. I'm going to talk about the new album, Burden of Proof, from the artist Benny the Butcher. This song is Timeless, which is featuring Lil Wayne and Big Sean. Ooh. I do this for suffering children and checks from government buildings. A dope boy who made a check from other than Dylan. What a good feeling when they know you one in a million. The feds bury half of my niggas under the building. Don't judge my life now, nigga, because I've been mad stressed. On tour with the locks and had a project address. Before this rap shit, all my direct assets came from high-risk hazards. You know, Pyrex glasses. A long way to the Prezi from the Timex classes. I got lots of- so, uh, Tyler, you haven't... You haven't been on the recent episodes of the 2020 uh, album listening parties that we've been doing here, mm-hmm. uh, but I have mentioned something a couple of times now, and I'm going to mention it again, because Benny the Butcher is a part of Griselda. Griselda is a, a hip-hop collective of West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, and Benny the Butcher. I've talked about West Side Gun in one month. I've talked about Conway the Machine in one month. And now I'm talking about Benny the Butcher. Because these three will not stop releasing music. They won't stop releasing music. West Side Gun has now released two albums albums this year. West Side Gun had an album that came out in October. It was okay. I didn't love it. It wasn't quite as good as his other album, uh, Pray for Paris, that came out earlier this year. I really enjoyed Conway the Machine's album. And Benny the Butcher is actually like a very, very different artist from the other two members of Griselda. So West Side Gun and Conway the Machine are a little bit more of like abstract, weird beat kind of style of music. It's very, very kind of in line with each other. But Benny the Butcher is a little bit more of like that kind of uh, gangster rap, um, East Coast kind of sound, um, which uh, I'm sure you wouldn't have like... It would have never been like obvious, but it's actually produced this album by Hit Boy, which is the one who did Nas's most recent album. Uh-huh. Who also, I believe, he did Big Sean's most recent album as well. Detroit too. Yeah, so he's you know, um, Hit Boy's been moving around a little bit this year, but Benny the Butcher definitely sounds very different from what I've heard from the other Griselda members. But the fact that this is like the fourth album that I've listened to like from just this one collective of three people and they all came out with albums this year. Like I feel as though the three of them are probably going to be going somewhere if they're like this consistently releasing music. And again, like it's not like this is like, 
like, oh yeah, just some random guys who are making music. Like, Benny the Butcher's album has Rick Ross, Freddie Gibbs, Lil Wayne, Big Sean. Like, it's got people on it. And Conway the Machine's album, if I remember correctly, had uh, Method Man on it. And I think that's really the big one. Oh, it all it also had Freddie Gibbs. And then they always have at least one song where they all kind of appear together. So, so I, I like what Griselda is doing. I'm definitely going to keep looking to see what they have in store for more. Now, Jared and Tyler, you guys can argue about who is going to go first. The first one is a new Mets album, which I'm sure Caleb listened to. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's a pretty good album. I really liked it. Um, uh, what I thought was cool about it is I've li- I started listening to Mets probably because um, Caleb mentioned that he liked them a lot a couple of years ago. That seems, that seems reasonable, yeah. They're um, like you know for me it's just like about noise I guess that's what I picked up a lot right it's very loud and noisy and this new album was really interesting to me because some like I really found a lot of post hardcore and math rock elements weaved in here. It, so, al- it also gets a little darker. Like it kind of yeah. goes in more of a, I don't want to say doom, but like it definitely takes on a little bit more of a dark tone than their other albums, which are like, they're more like noisy and like punky. And this one feels a little bit just heavier. Yeah, definitely does. I listened to this a couple of times. Like the first time I listened to it, I actually was kind of like annoyed and aggravated because I was like, okay, you know, like here's a group that's coming along in 2020 that is like, replicating like the core tonality and like kind of thoughts in terms of uh, musical ideas of two genres that I have been interested in and a part of forever, you know, for like a long time. Right. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about the validity of it, but then like on the second listen, I just realized like, it's very interesting the way that they've tied in a lot of the things I find to be math and post hardcore. And then I should really, and I really am kind of like appreciative of the fact that someone is, making music that combines those elements and yet still maintains like, for instance, the noisiness, which I think is already kind of like interesting and fun with the stuff they do. So that album was a really great listen for me. And I thought it was pretty cool. I, I knew that you would listen to it as well. Caleb, I don't know if Jared, if you caught any of it or not, I listened to a little bit of it. I just couldn't get into it. So I didn't finish it. Yeah. That's fair. I, uh, I know then, that what worth, if you don't mind me bouncing Jared, I feel no. like this would be a good time for you to go ahead and talk about touche and more. Well, I think that's what's next. Oh, is it? That was next. That <laughs> was next. Hey, you idiot. You ruined that. the symmetry of what was about to happen. I, I knew exactly what was about to happen. I didn't know. Jared knew where it was I'm going. sorry. Forever. So Touche Moore's uh, newest release, Lament, which I Touche Moore I've heard a couple of times before. Um, and I like, I like Touche Moore for the most part. This album I had like read a couple of things about. I guess I maybe listened to it first and... I thought it was pretty good for the most part, but I guess I didn't really think about it like too deep. And then I read a couple of things. I read a review from someone that kind of talked about how this is potentially really like their best album to an extent and about how it's like the, it's kind of reflective in a way that um, other albums have attempted to, but not maybe met. And then it has like some really great like musical parts that are kind of like just coming to a pinnacle, which is kind of weird because Touche Moore has been around for a little bit. So it's, it's kind of, like and I find it like it seems when you look at their career a little bit late to reach some type of pinnacle, but yeah, uh, it was given best new music by Pitchfork, and I read that review, and it's pretty interesting. I thought the found the review was to be like pretty useful in terms of helping me to frame an album of a band that I knew of and have heard of and listened to, but I've never probably never listened to a full album before other than this one. Uh, well, before this, and this album is like actually really cool. I really enjoy this album a lot, and I and it like comes in and 
and just has a lot of like I don't know. It just has all the elements I'm looking for, and it's it's kind of a post-hardcore type situation. I guess it kind of ties in a little bit with like my feeling on Mets of just like it feels good to like hear music like this, right? That's new because it's just stuff that I really enjoy, and to hear it like come with ideas that are useful still for the time, and like to have it be relevant, and to have it be kind of some new ideas musically as well that like fit well in the genre is just really kind of refreshing in a way. I like this album a lot. I've listened to it at least like four or five times this month. It came out on the 9th, so I've had some time. But anytime like I'm looking at my albums I've saved and I'm just like scrolling, this when I see it, I'm like, all right, it's time to listen to that one. Because it's not too long. It's only 35 minutes. And it has a lot of really good songs on it. I think the first um, thing I saw was the song that's my favorite, which I'll have Caleb play. But... Uh, it's the song Reminders, which they had a music video for, and I saw it on YouTube and watched the music video, and I was like, this is a really good song, and it, it made me want to listen to the album. And then there's other songs. The song Limelight features Manchester or- Orchestra, which is mm-hmm. a really good song, too. And, and like at a time, it's a five-minute long song. It's their longest song they've ever made. And at the time where one of their songs would usually end around like the three-ish minute mark is when Andy Hole comes in and it's like makes the song not a pop punk song, you know, like, and they're not really a pop punk. They're a post punk band, but like where normally like, okay, this is the uh, kind of cookie cutter way of the song in this genre is right. They're like, let's make it something else. And it like made the song so much better. Is it, is it Manchester orchestra or is there Andy Hole? Like, is it a case that you can it's hear a lot of credited to Manchester orchestra? Okay. Andy Hole's in it. I believe the whole group is in it as well. Okay. And then the other song I really love from this album is I'll be your host. It's a really good song yeah. too. Anyways, go ahead and play reminders. Yeah, I, I thought about Touche more for like a decade now. I, I remember their album Parting the Sea Between Brightness and Me. And I like for whatever reason I just haven't had time to listen to Lament yet. And I, I'm glad mm-hmm. I, I knew you both were ready to talk about it, so I felt a little less pressured to make sure that I was ready to cover it because I yeah. knew you two could cover it for it's me. It's surprisingly gonna be one of my favorite albums of the year somehow because I'd never listened to them before. So it's like usually I stick with the people I really like. But and especially like okay like a new punk group, I'll get into you know like Idols for instance like it's easier to get into a newer group than it is to get into an older group that's been around like fifteen years. But right. like I remember them being back when we had Alternative Press magazine and they would get like four and a half out of five reviews and I'm right. like okay that's really good. But then I just whenever I'd listen to it I never could get into it. But for some right. reason this album is just just different enough that it made me go towards it. So, uh, Tyler, did you have anything else that you wanted to cover? Uh, not at the moment. Okay, cool. So, uh, Bruce Springsteen had a new album come out this month called a letter to you. 
and I I enjoyed it. I did not like the last Bruce album. I thought it was not. It was just kind of not very good, honestly. But this one features songs that were written in 1972 that they re-recorded. He's with the E Street Band again, um, and for I think most of the songs. But there are just a lot of really well written songs for on this album, and he just. He just sounds really good on this album. Um, My favorite song from it is probably the song Letter to You. Yeah, I like that song. I like that album. Um, there are like three, two pop punk albums that I like, two that were pretty good this month. If oh anybody boy. that listens to this likes that I like pop punk, which I doubt anybody does, <laughs> but Seaway uh, with their album Big Vibe was pretty good. I've seen them live. They were good live. They've been around a while, and this was a good album. Uh, actually, a really good Pop punk album and also it was a little bit more mature. They didn't talk about the same kind of pop punk uh, cliches, if you will. Uh, and then another group called Young Culture that is a pop punk band that had a pretty good album that just came out that I've seen live as well. Um, and the song that I like on that one is called I'll Be There. It's like a boy band song. And the music video is them like doing a choreographed dance oh, to I the song. That. And it's like not a pop punk song. Uh, if you want to play just a little bit of it, uh, that would be fine with me. Yeah, why not? I think that's just a good pop song, really. Did, did I mention that uh, we should be doing NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys lately? Yeah, you, should, you did. You did mention <laughs> that. Um... Third one. Another song that came out, you don't have to play it, but it's good. It's from the Songs That Saved My Life uh, compilation, but it wasn't actually on the album. But this band called Weathers, which I've never listened to, did a cover of the song Lucky by Britney Spears, and it is great. It is such great. I love that song. It's good because I don't know if Britney Spears wrote it, but it's literally about her life right now. It's uh. so, like it's about a pop star that uh, like they're like, oh, you know, why are you so sad you're having such a like a great life and she's like well i cry every night and you know like my life is not as great as you think it is right you're so lucky you're a star but you cry 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 and the uh, lonely heart thinking whatever that's if a good song you know that song i know that song heart, i had a mini i had a mini clip of that song what? mini clip yeah that's nice but yeah that's a good song clips? no i do not i usually get my hair cut fully you don't remember those? They're little. They were little. It was like the early. Uh, it's like the first flash music player, huh? You get a McDonald's or something, and they you get like little, basically little SD cards that held like a portion of a song, like the chorus of a song. Where did you say? A, a mini, a, a mini, or what are they called? Mini discs. Called no, where did you get them? 
Burger, McDonald's. 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 Yeah, they'd give you CDs. They would give you a mini disc at McDonald's. You know, I think Wendy's <laughs> used to give you kids' bop uh, compilations, but just like three or four songs. Well, they put it like they're a, out there. Sounds like you're like tell, tell me that like McDonald's is handing out floppy disks though. Ooh, hit, hit clips. That's what they're called. They hit, hit They hit them in the in the cheese slices on the burger. Oh no. Go the Travis Scott meal. Clip. It's got his EP on it. Oh come on, Travis. <laughs> Quit uh, scooting things in. Here. Okay, here we go. Scooting in now. Uh, I'll try and do it a little bit quicker. So, Twenty One Savage and Metro Boomin had a uh, mixtape album thing come out called Savage Mode Two that featured Morgan Freeman on a few tracks. He did like overdubs and like in- interludes, and it is it's pretty good. It's actually a pretty good album. My favorite song on it is Snitches and Rats. Uh, Morgan Freeman does like a thing before this song that's talking about what the, like what a snitch is and what a rat is and the difference between the two, that is worth the price of admission. It is amazing. <laughs> so that's good. The Drive-By Truckers have a new album out, which they literally just had an album out just earlier this year, but they have a quarantine album called The New OK that's pretty good too. Uh, my favorite song on it is probably the KKK Took My Baby Away, a cover by the Ramones, which is great. But the Unraveling is pretty good too, and they had a music video come out uh, that – dealt with the protests in Portland mm-hmm. and they were at the protests and had used video footage to make the music video. And basically it was for the song, the new okay off of the album. And it is a political statement and it is, they're a good band. A lot of, a lot of the comments are like Jason Isbell was right to leave. They were, they suck now because they're making oh. political statements. Oh boy. And it's like, yeah, he probably has the same like mindset that they do. So well, has nobody act? listened to Jason Isabel then, no. particularly on Nashville sound. Yeah. Right. But like he, I've liked the drive. I've liked drive by truckers a long time. I remember the song outfit from forever ago is like an amazing song. So that's good. Uh, clown core, which is great. Um, Play Clown Corp. Play Computers. You got it. Off their EP van. Jared and I don't like instrumental music. So Clowncore is uh, features, uh, while they've never come out to say who's in it, it, it's been uh, deemed, 4chan has found or something, uh, that Louis Cole, who is a jazz musician and also is in a group called Knower, um, he is in Clowncore. They've been around for a few years now and they're like uh, internet sensations or something, but it's like two guys that have the clown masks and are like wearing these jumpsuits and they drive around in a van and make music in the van. It's supposedly the music on the albums is supposed to be what came from the music in the van, but there's no way that what they're doing on the albums is like how they created it in a van. But the idea is fine and whatever, but it, it's pretty, I like it. I, it's nice visual stuff, but also the music was, I enjoyed it. Uh, Bring Me the Horizon had an album out. Technically, it's an EP, but it's uh, more of an album. because it's, it's like 30 minutes long. It's uh, 32 minutes and nine songs. That's an album. Really. That's an album. That's not an EP. Yeah. It's called Post-Human 
survival horror. And it's the return to metal for them to a certain extent. Uh, he's screaming again. And it is more like electronic kind of metal stuff. But it features Youngblood and Baby Metal's on there and a group called Nova Twins. Uh, my favorite song on it actually features Miss Amy Lee from mm-hmm. Evanescence. It's mm-hmm. the last song on the thing. And it is a long title. Let me find it here. Uh, One Day the Only Butterflies. <clears throat> Left will be in your chest as you march towards your death. Thank you. You're welcome. I uh, I didn't particularly like the Bring Me the Horizon EP slash album. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you know about the Amy Lee thing? I that she was on it or the story of it. The story of it. I read about it. Yes. Okay. I That's interesting. Talk, but yes. So basically, um, Amy Lee sued Bring Me the Horizon. Well, that's not true. So what happened was. Ollie Sykes, the lead singer of Bring Me the Horizon, said that that's what happened. But he had to come out later and say, actually, they didn't sue us. It was the two managers of the group uh. um, conversated about the likeness of a song from their last album that sounded like an Evanescence song. So they were like, hey, this sounds like this band. And they're like, yeah, we kind of got it from that. So they credited with Evanescence on the song. So there was no legal. Uh, it's okay. not legal. Not legal. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Evanescence, uh, Amy Lee ended up liking the band so much that now here she is on the album. They're like friends now. They're tweeting back and forth. Hey, you really inspired me. You inspired me too. Oh, you gave me such confidence. Buddy, so, buddy pals. Here's, here's the song. On the verge of no return Why'd you keep fucking it up? Don't wanna have to bury you But nothing seems to get through your skull One day Butterflies left will be in your chest as you march towards your death, breathing your last breath. I hate to say I don't That's the name of the song. We didn't even get Ollie, but that's okay. We don't need him. No. So the only my biggest issue with Bring Me the Horizon, and I I I, I know this occurred last year on their album. And this one apparently is not as much. But I see Bring Me the Horizon as this weird transition. That was bound to happen eventually because radio rock in its essence is just a borrowing of old rock sounds. Radio rock borrows from, you know, uh, grunge radio rock borrows from like old blues radio rock borrows from so on and so forth. And it was eventually going to happen that radio rock was going to start borrowing from metalcore. From like the two thousand, you know, the, the late two thousands, the early two thousand tens, where that was something that had a popular scene, and eventually you had to take the sounds of metalcore and put them into some kind of radio rock sound, and we have reached that point, at least from my perspective. Bring Me the Horizon are going to be the first band to do it; they will not be the last. No, um, the thing I will say about it, like there, he had to do that to a certain extent because he could not scream anymore; his right. vocals could not take the deathcore sound. And so he had to change the band entirely, basically. And so they did, and it was successful. Like Shadow Moses, uh, the stuff from Semp Eternal from like 2011 was very successful and very good. And then they kind of kept that going the rest of the decade and had more electronic-y kind of rock sound, radio rock, if you will. 
And a band like Inter Shikari did the same thing where they were a metal quarry kind of group and turned more electric and radio rock too. And right. they had success. The other thing is Bring the Horizon is from the UK and they're way bigger there than they are here. For sure. They will sell out arenas there. Whereas here they're like playing, you know, opening for Metallica, which is big. It is. But they're not Metallica. No. But they are there. Yes. So I uh I don't know. I I do agree that they needed to go in that direction, but I also think that they've just kind of been the first transition into that point. Yep. You know, kind of, so again, like you see that happen, like um, where a, a sound will begin and people will be interested in that sound and eventually it'll start like tra- the, the groups who were famous and it start transitioning. So for example, Fall Out Boy, Panic! at the Disco, all those people in the early, like the mid 2000s, they all transitioned into pop. Yep. Eventually, you know, the metalcore bands who are still kind of popular, they were going to transition into pop. Here we are. Yep. So. so here's the last songs that I'll talk about. I'll do speed round. I'll just talk about, like, I'll just say what they are. No. No? There's two songs that I want to talk about from your playlist. Oh. Well, you t- you talk about about them then. We'll keep it brief. It's more that I want to play it. Okay, go so, ahead. So, Tyler. Yeah. I need you to hear this terrible, terrible song from Young Gravy. Oh. Terrible, you say. The album is called Gasanova, and I it's I think this is the song I liked the most off of the album. Yeah, the good. album overall I did not like. No, I didn't. I thought it was going to be all the comments when I saw on his Caleb's favorite site, albumoftheyear.org. It got like an eighty-eight out of a hundred the night it came out, and everybody's like, "Album of the year, album of the year." Right. This is hot fire. This is great. But when I listen to it, it is not fire. No, it, it is not. It has dipped. It has dipped back down. It did not. But last. this song was good. So play that song. It's got a. It's got a little bit of a sample. I think you might enjoy. Okay. Hey, when I wake up, I go straight to the weed, man. I just need a smoke. Then I get up and go straight to the liquor store bottle of wood. I don't got much but love. All of my homies are waiting outside. Yeah, know I'm ready to roll. Smoking a hundred, I'm ready to die. And by the way, we get high. What'd you get off of that one, Tyler? Well, it's always sunny. Yeah, indeed, it is always sunny. And the song's called "Always Saucy." You get it? I uh-huh. see. Funny I see bit. His play. He attempted to do kind of a pun. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. Yep. yep. So, Caleb, what's the other song you want to play from my list? I'm sorry, you're not going to play the chorus of Blue Oyster Cult's "Box in My Head." Yeah, that's good too. You got to play that one. Come on. Blue Oyster Cult had a new album called "The Symbol Remains." It was okay. I don't know. It's just classic rock. It's a long album. It's over an hour. But this was a great song. Here it is. Box in my head. <laughs> Come on. I can't believe you were going to not play it. There's a box in my head and inside is a box. And that box has another box within. There's a box in my skull. The skull is a box and there's room for a spoon to go in. Yeah, box in my head. All right. Here are the lyrics. Thank you. I was going to ask you to do that. There's a box on my head, and inside is a box. And that box has another box within. There's a box in my skull box. The skull is a box, and there's room for us both to go in there. I yeah. love that. I love that. It's just the, the inside same. of my head is multiple large boxes in which we can go. <laughs> it's like a Hellraiser pinhead with the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, got, I got real lost on that one. I, I loved it. I loved it. Kurt Vile has this, uh, an EP that came out, Speed, Sound, and Lonely, KV, uh, that came out uh, this month. And it features a cover of Speed of the Sound of Loneliness, the song by John Prine. 
it opened with it. And then he has a song called How Lucky that features John Prine on the song as well. It's a good EP. Uh, he's paying tribute to a lost man that we've covered on Record Roundtable that I enjoyed. And uh, I know Tyler likes Kurt Vile. I do like Kurt Vile. All right. Thank you for the confirmation. And I saw him in uh, Kentucky uh, last year, and he was pretty good. He's an interesting fellow, and I'm glad that he and John Prine were able to meet each other, shake each other's hands, pre-non-shake hands, and it's pretty good. We're going to move back into some of my stuff now after a long pause. Uh, We're going to move into what I believe Tyler will really, really enjoy, and the next one I think Tyler will really, really enjoy. And I think the next one I think Tyler will really, really enjoy. This one is Adriana Linker, her new album Songs. This is Dragon Eye. Freezing the edge of the bed Chewing a cigarette And repeating Shadows Of the words I said I don't want to blame you I don't want to blame Tyler, of course, you know who that is. Yeah, Adriana Linker is the the female front of uh, uh of Big Thief, good band and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I like yeah. I, I like Big Thief quite a bit. They've had yeah. they've been consistently making good music since like 2017. I, even before, like I don't know their music before 2017, but like Capacity was a great album. Mm-hmm. Uh, has some really really good songs off of it. Uh, and Adriana Linker's been doing um. Pretty good solo work as well. I believe this is her second solo album, or maybe she has some others that I'm not as familiar with. I can't remember. There's some other ones, too. It looks like yeah, there's... Yeah, she's had others. Yeah, there she was had the one in Hours Were the Birds from 2014, some B-sides, mm-hmm. and then she had a Biss Kiss, which is her the other one that I was going to mention, which was 2018. Yep. And then now she's got songs and instrumentals, two paired albums together. So there's the songs, and then there's the instrumentals, and they're not... They're not instrumentals of the songs. They're they're different instrumentals. But Songs is a really, really good album. I, I very, very much enjoy her voice. And if you like Big Thief, it's very, very hard not to enjoy her solo work. But at the same time, it's a little bit more of a subdued version of what she does in Big Thief. Because Big Thief, like, I mean, Tyler, you can speak to it. It gets a little bit uh, harder on the fuzz and gets a little bit more distorted. Yeah, it's not quite. She kind of maintains more of a singer-songwriter, kind of light and airy style to her solo stuff mm-hmm. um and some of it reminds me um a little bit of uh of uh aldous harding mm-hmm. yeah absolutely kind of that kind of feel which is kind of something that's really cool uh right so i like her solo stuff that i've listened to but it is definitely different than like big thief still maintains a little bit of that kind of indie rock like mild indie rock vibe so yeah so i i like i like the album quite a bit i think you should check it out if you like big thief of course and you might just like her just in general without having to check out Big Thief. So next one I'm going to talk about is the new Loma album, which is Don't Shy Away. The song is called Ocotillo, I believe. We'll go with that as well.
So this is Loma's second album. Uh, and I believe if anybody had actually like paid much attention, which I don't think a lot of people are familiar with Loma to begin with, which is fine. But their self-titled album came out two years ago. And most people who would have been familiar with them probably wouldn't have expected another album from them. Because if I remember correctly, two of the members um, divorced. Can't remember if they broke up or divorced. They divorced. They divorced. So they were together and now they are no longer married, which obviously makes it difficult to make music together. But here's what happened is that they were actually encouraged to get back together because uh, Brian Eno praised them. He, he had heard one of their songs. He thought that it was really good, and it kind of got them to come back and do a follow-up album. He actually was involved in one of the songs that were made for the album. What they did was was that they made the song and then sent it to him, and then he added like these kind of like big um, like ambient sounds into it, which is you know what he's kind of known for. So it's kind of got a little bit of uh, psychedelic, folk, post, post-rock. It's got a lot of different things that are going on throughout the album, and I enjoy the way that they present themselves. They're definitely a, uh, a lesser-known act, but definitely not one that you shouldn't check out. The next one I'm going to talk about is also a lesser-known one. Tyler, I think you're really going to like this song, so I would definitely uh, play it on your end. That is uh, Bartice Strange off of the album Live Forever. The song is called Mustang. That's pretty cool. I like what's going on there. I thought I thought you would when I when I first heard this. I was like, if I don't have Tyler on the October episode, I have to make sure that I show him at least this song. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like the. It's kind of like droney in the rhythm section a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's got the those little. I can't tell what it is even if it's like a synth or if it's like just a processed guitar over top of it. That's pretty cool. Like I, those little elements. I th- I think it's a little bit more synth. It definitely it feels like like a like a synth arena rock song. Like it kind of comes yeah. out of like a like almost like a shiny toy guns type of sound in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the rest of the album like is just such an eclectic set of like songs. It has like. Um, like a little bit of like pop punky kind of stuff. It has like some of those more spacious, like soul type of sounds. It's got like R and B type things going. Like it's just like it's all over the place. And I really, really enjoyed like just how how little I could follow what was going on in the album. It's worth listening to the whole thing because like if you think that you know what's coming next, you are often wrong. So. I enjoy Live Forever. Uh, Pitchfork gave it a pretty good review, and I think that's what kind of turned me on to at least giving it a shot. I don't even really, like, read Pitchfork reviews that often anymore, but I just saw, like, the album cover and that they gave it, like, an 8.2 or something like that. I was like, I guess I could see what this has going for it, and I'm glad that I did. So I've got two more, and then I've got one last thing for for Jared because I know that he... uh, was pretty excited to talk about it. Uh, but first, I'm going to go ahead and play because uh, it's October or was October. It was a spooky month. So we're going to play the new album from Clipping 
Visions of bodies being burned. The song is looking like meat. Hands up if you hungry. Hands up if you want some. Hands up if you ready for most you ain't really got nothing. Say come here. Yeah, you. You look like you think you are. Where you from? Get the fuck out. Hey, you. Step off. Somebody pull your car. Where you from? Where you from? Get the fuck out. Lunchtime. So Clipping are a hip hop collective, which the I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure one of you knows who Davi Diggs is, right? No. Tyler? Not really. Really? Okay, so Davi Diggs is uh, the main cast member of Hamilton the play okay oh and, and he, uh, yeah I do know who that and is. he is the the lead vocalist of clipping which is like they're like uh, a kind of like experimental industrial now uh hip-hop collective and he um they've been going down this route of like the last two years so last year and this year in October they released like these weird like horror inspired industrial hip-hop albums and I have enjoyed both of them quite a bit if you're looking for like a good like horror hip hop album, like I don't know that there's a better place to go. Honestly, there's not really other people who are making like horror hip hop unless horror you're like, core? yeah, hmm. unless you're like, but like not like in this style. So like, yeah. you, like the the lyrics are like, oh yeah, murder, kill, kill. But like, and this it's like the the sounds feel like like really like actually horror film based in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, I, I, I like it quite a bit. The last year album was really good, so I knew that when they were kind of doing a follow-up Halloween scary type of sound again in October that I couldn't really not listen to it again. So that's this one. I've got one more album. It is an obvious album that I would want to play, but I'm doing it anyways. We're going to talk about Gorillaz, Song Machine, Season 1, Strange Times. So that was the song Desoli, which has the uh, singer Fatumata Diawara. Uh, and Song Machine, Season 1, Strange Times, uh, is an album which has a ton of people on it. A ton of people on it. Usually, Gorillaz have kind of gone in that route where they've had a lot of features on their albums. It's kind of what they're known for, really. Yep. But I feel as though this was kind of their first instance where they like really really went in on it because like sometimes on albums they'll like you know they'll have a couple songs that are kind of just gorillas based tracks um i feel like humans was when they really kind of went straight into it like plastic beach definitely had like um features all over it obviously demon days had features all over it but like humans was very very heavy on the features and then the next album what was it the now now the now now yes. yeah yeah that one obviously went in the opposite direction it had like no features on it so they kind of had like a mixture of both i don't there's really not a lot of songs actually off of humans that didn't have like s- 
like people on it. Like I've seen Busted and Blue didn't have anybody featured on it. Like the interludes obviously didn't have features on it. But it looks like they, they definitely had a lot of features on that one. But again, they follow the same pattern with Song Machine. So with Song Machine, they've been releasing track by track by track kind of slowly. When did they start? Jared, do you remember when the, the first song came out? I believe it was the Slow Tie Slaves one. I do not know. No, I wasn't really paying attention because I didn't think it was going to be like an album. Right, yeah, yeah, I, It ended up being because it was, like, initially just a couple singles. I know that that one came out. I knew the Disolee, I believe, was the second song that came out. Um, there's there's obviously been a couple other ones that have kind of been slowly coming out. I think they've released, like, seven at this point. If I remember correctly, they started in, like, maybe, like, April or May. It's been a while that they've been doing uh, this song machine. And they're still, they're still planning on releasing more of these songs as, like, um, clips. Because what they're doing is they're releasing like um, videos to go along with these songs. And so each one's kind of, it's more of like a singles album in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, like, I mean, if, when you have like the first song has Robert Smith, mm. second song has Beck, you've got Schoolboy school Q, uh, St. Vincent, Elton John. Uh, you know, like at this point, yeah, I think it makes sense. Like you're just kind of dipping in and doing a lot of different things. And I feel like, honestly, Song Machine goes in more of, like, a world sound kind of, like, sound collage area where they're kind of expanding their sound a little bit more than what, especially what they did on Humans, because I didn't love Humans. Humans was not great. Uh, But I think Song Machine ended up being, they did a really good job of taking what would have been singles and piecing them together in what felt like a cohesive album. And honestly, like, if you... The, the cool thing about this album is usually, like, I would say, don't even worry about the Deluxe Edition. But I actually liked a lot of the stuff on the Deluxe Edition. It had Unknown Mortal Orchestra and JPEG Mafia. Had a bunch of other people. The songs actually end up being really, really good off of the Deluxe as well. So it ends up being an album that, like, for me, I listened to the whole album and I said, I would keep listening to the Deluxe. I'd actually, like, I'm not done. I'd keep listening to what else this has to offer. So... Song Machine Season 1 Strange Times ended up being one of my favorite Grills albums that I've heard in a very, very long time. So I'm very happy to have heard it. Anybody else have anything else that they'd like to talk about before I transition over to the last thing that I know that Jared wants to talk about? Uh, The only other things I will quickly say, the Mountain Goats have a new album out called Getting Into Knives. And my favorite song on it is called Picture of My Dress. That's a a great, uh, it was a good album and a great song. And then the only other thing I want to talk about very briefly, Karen O and Willie Nelson covered Under Pressure by Queen. And it is great. It is so great. Karen O from the Yeah, Yeah, Yes and Willie Nelson from the guy that smokes all that weed. Uh, and it is a great cover. Go look it up. It's a, it's quite the thing. I remember you showed me a little bit of it. Yep. Neil Cesariga, who is a man that has been around YouTube for a very long time. He's been making these albums called uh, mouth something, mouth moods, mouth dreams, mouth sounds, and he just released one this uh, this month called. Actually, I guess it was like September thirty first, but it counts for October. God damn it! Uh, it's called Mouth Dreams, and it is a mashup album that is so good. It is uh, great. It has all kinds of things on it. Caleb, I think, wanted to play. Uh, Pee Wee Inc. Track 22. But Ribs is a great song. Sponge Rock is great. Just listen to the whole thing. It's like an hour long, but it's great. The whole thing's great. (laughs) 
It is a it is an an actual hour of just ridiculousness. Yep, you could you could dig into that thing for for days. There are so many things I want to show you, but I can't. You're just gonna have to go listen to it for yourself, everybody. Yep. Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable, where we covered the new music that came out in the month. We just talked about October. And next month will be our last kind of regular version of this for the year. We're going to talk about November. Be sure to check us out. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.